the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast of the Pray. It's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. Jesus Christ is both Lord and Savior of you and me. But he's also the example of how life ought to be lived out by you and me. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. He is our elder brother, and we are his many brothers. That means that he's the big brother who's supposed to show all of us, the little brothers, how to successfully live and represent the Father. The same way that Jesus represented the Father is the same way that we're supposed to represent him too. Our big brother Jesus shows us how to represent the Father the way God the Father wants us to do. We're supposed to be imitators of our Father in all these things, and Jesus will show us how to do what God wants us to do properly, like he plans for me and you to do. We're all supposed to be imitators of Christ. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. He starts talking to us about what kind of mindset we're going to have as these people that's walking out like God want us to have. And what kind of mindset we're not going to have being like those people that don't walk it out like God want us to do, like them to do. Speaking of, you know, Gentiles and how they conduct themselves. See, Gentiles are people who have no covenant nor relationship with God. They have no covenant nor relationship with God. But we're the people who have a covenantal relationship with God. God is our father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's been sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so because of that, this shows us what we're supposed to do, what we ain't supposed to do. What kind of mindset that we have when we have the mindset that he wants us to have. And what kind of mindset we're not supposed to have at any point in time. We'll start reading verse 17. It says, this I say, therefore, see, there's another therefore. And testify in the Lord that ye henceforth, which means from this point forward, walk not as other Gentiles walk. People who have no covenant with God. Now, not, now walk means lifestyle. Because they have their lifestyle in the vanity of their mind. That word vanity right there means emptiness. Emptiness. Because why? We're going to live out life the way we think. And what's in your mind is going to determine how you live your life out. That's one of the reasons why when you first get boned again, the Spirit of the Lord tells you what he wants you to do. He says, I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. He wants you to be, have your mind renewed, which means you got to get rid of your old way of thinking and put in a brand new way of thinking. Because if you don't put in, get rid of the old way of thinking and put in a new way of thinking, although you boned again ha, on your way to heaven with a mighty burning fire, you're going to live out totally outside of God's desire. You're going to still think one way, which is not God's way, which means it's going to be operating in the vanity of your mind. But unfortunately, Many of us Christians choose to follow empty-headed people instead of following Christ. We choose to follow empty-headed people. That's anybody's head that's not filled with the thoughts of what God said. Because anybody's head that's not filled with the thoughts that God said is an empty-headed person, according to scriptures. Now, more specifically, that word vanity means that which is devoid of truth and appropriateness. That which is devoid of truth and appropriateness. So we're supposed to fill our mind with truth. And that is the truth that comes from God. We're supposed to fill our mind with truth. Because if our mind isn't filled with truth, what's it filled with? A lie. And that on, on a lie, you're not supposed to rely. Because you're going to start conducting yourself in a way that you're not supposed to if it's filled with a lie instead of the truth that God wants you to do. More specifically, I said it means devoid of truth and appropriateness. You won't know what's appropriate. You won't know appropriate action. You won't know appropriate speech. You won't know what you should do, what you shouldn't do, because you don't have truth on the inside of you. Therefore, it also translated deprivation, deprivation. Why? Because we've deprived ourselves of the truth. We live depraved and start conducting ourselves in a way we ain't supposed to. And when Christians follow empty-headed people instead of following Jesus, it's like the blind leading the seeing into the ditch. It's like the blind leading the seeing into the ditch. Now, it's bad enough that the blind is walking around walking in the ditches, but when the Christians start walking behind them and walking in the ditches too, now that's just stupid going to seed. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God wants you to make sure that you're not operating in the vanity of your mind, emptiness of your mind. Your mind, of course, is your intellect. The intellect is the, is the faculty of physical or intellectual perception that enables one to arrive at moral judgments. It's your, it's your faculty of a physical and intellectual perceptions that enables you to arrive at moral judgments. What you talking about, Pastor? That's kind of like high right there. Well, let me bring it down a little bit. His ability to be able to know the difference between what's right and wrong and make a decision accordingly. To know the difference between right and wrong and make a decision accordingly. God said that the mind is what allows you to be able to do that. So you'll know what to do. You got the ability to see what to do, know what to do. You'll be able to see what's happening to you and what's going on around you. And gain the necessary understanding to be able to make sure you do what you're supposed to do and not do what you're not supposed to do. See, Satan is banking on the fact that your head stay empty, that you don't allow your, your mind to be filled with the word of God. Because if your mind isn't filled with the word of God, you won't know what to do. And then you won't have the understanding of how to conduct yourself and live like you want, he wants you to. You'll keep on relying and trusting in what you used to do because that's all you knew. And if you haven't replaced it with the new, then the old is what's going to be what you do. And you're going to keep living like you used to. Can anybody relate to me up in here? Because we'll keep on living out what we was living out until you know what God is about. And once you know what God is about, now you can make the new decision about what God wants you to do. See, Satan is the one that's trying to get us to be able to make sure our understanding stays darkened. That's what it says in verse 18. Having the understanding darkened. Why? Because you'll be alienated from the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them. He wants your understanding darkness. Your understanding is, is talking about your thinking it over. You're meditating and or you're reflecting. Whereas when you think about things, reflect on things, that you won't be able to have the things necessary to be able to make sure that you 
understand it the right way because your understanding is darkened. That word darkened right there means increasingly becoming darkness. Increasingly becoming darkness. So it gets worse and worse. Just like God's intention is for your life to get better and better and better without the understanding that God wants to give you, which is taught to you by your pastors, that so that you can be able to have the grace necessary to, to walk worthy that God wants you to do, then you're going to end up having a life that's worse and worse rather than better and better. Where the darkness of our understanding causes us to be alienated from the light and the life of God. Whereas we're separated from the life and the life of, of God. And therefore, because of that, we don't, we don't even know which way to go to get out of it because our understanding is darkness. See, ignorance is what allows our understanding to remain darkness. Ignorance is what allows our understanding to remain darkness. And all ignorance means is unlearned, that we're basically unlearned. Because the word ignorance means want of knowledge with a sense of willful blindness. Want of knowledge with a sense of willful blindness. Now, the word ignorance in itself means lack of knowledge because we're unlearned. But this word ignorance that he used here is want of knowledge with a sense of willful blindness. It's a sense of willful blindness. Whereas, you know, you, you turned your head from what's true because you refuse to look at that because you want to continue to do what you want to do. See, this ignorance infers a turning away from the presented truth. Whereas the, the, the truth was presented to me and you. We just turned away from it. So this is not just not having information, but this is not wanting it also. Because there's some folk that don't even want the truth. They can't handle the truth. Some folk love to be ignorant. They think ignorance is bliss. <laughs> no. Ignorance is a precursor for you getting jacked up. Because some folk are comfortable in their ignorance. They want to stay in their ignorance. See, this is the ignorance that causes a person to look off in space while you're talking. And purposely not hear a single thing that you're saying. Although the information you're providing them will help them. It causes them to look off in space. To, you know, while we're while we reading the scripture, you know, some folks looking up. Oh, 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 oh. We're talking about a subject, oh, whatever, playing on their phones and looking all off and everything else and diddling and playing and looking all off. That's, that's willful ignorance. Because when, when information is flowing and folk refuse to pay attention so that they can be known, it's like dying. That's willful ignorance. Are you listening to me over here? You don't see no evil. No, that's evil. Especially when it's right there. Is anybody, that's a monkey that do that. You know, see no, that's why they got a monkey doing that. See no evil, speak no evil. All that, that's stupid. You don't do that. Especially when God is sharing with us what to do. See, normal ignorance leads to mistaken conduct. Normal ignorance, you know, yeah, there's normal and hyper ignorance. Normal ignorance leads to mistaken conduct. Therefore, it forbids unconditional assigning of guilt to a person for the acts that they perform. Because they'll make a statement like, well, you know, I didn't know. Usually accompanies this kind of ignorance. Since, it was, you know, since I didn't know, you can't fault me. Well, you know, yeah, that might be true. But that's not this kind of ignorance that he's talking about right here. This kind of ignorance furnishes the grounds for blame because it's willful ignorance. I refuse to listen. I refuse to blame. So when they say, I didn't know, the answer comes back, well, you should have known. How about this? You could have known. That's like, for instance, if you was driving down I-10 going 100 miles an hour, trying to open up your little new bins that I gave you so you can take people to church. Praise God. And, and, and you get pulled over by SAPD. You can't, pull, you can't roll down the window and say to them, they said, do you know you was going 100 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone? I didn't know. You could have known. 
That's why they have posters all the way down the highway what the speed limit is. They have posted signs all the way down the highway. And God will always come post you information to share with you what to do. Post you information to tell you what you ought to and ought not do. Question is, is will you purposely pay attention to it or purposely turn away from it? But in both situations, you have to purpose to do it. You made a decision. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know it. That's why I don't show up. And when I show up, I don't pay attention and listen up. Because I just want to stay ignorant and keep doing what I want to do. That's what some folk are. I'm so glad that ain't you. Keep your finger here. Go over to Hosea chapter 4. Show you what the Lord says about that. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea, Joel, Amos. Praise God. Table of contents. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord makes a point about this. He says, starting with verse 6. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But listen to him. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. So the knowledge that they don't have is because they rejected it. God said he brought it to them. I don't want to hear it. I brought a little brown round brother to town to be able to break this thing down just for you. I don't want to go today. I, I, I ain't interested. I'm going to lay here in my bed and keep living a life that's dead and don't want to hear nothing God said. That's willful ignorance. And God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. Listen to God's response. I will also reject thee, (laughs) that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget your little children. And And and, and, And they will increase so they sinned against me. Therefore, will I change their glory into shame. Mm-mm-mm. All that happens because of willful ignorance. Now, we don't want none of that to happen for us. We don't want God to reject us. We don't want him to forget our kids, even though some of us do. We don't want him to forget our kids. And we sure don't want to change his glory into shame. Well, we walk around the shame show. And the reason why is because we didn't know what we're supposed to know and live what we're supposed to live. God says, I want you to learn and gain the knowledge of what I want you to live. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4, please. See, this ignorance is one that the court says ignorance of the law is no defense because you could have known. I gave you this information. I gave it to you on midday midweek service. I gave it to you on midweek service. I gave it to you on a, on a Friday uh, fellowship. I gave it to you on a Saturday fellowship. I gave it to you during VBBS. I gave you VBBS on Tuesdays. I gave it to you on Thursdays. I gave it to you on Wednesdays. I gave it to you at an 8 o'clock service. I gave it to you in an 11 o'clock service. I had them go by and pick you up. I turned around and gave and had them give you the CD just in case you fell asleep when you came in. Praise God. I gave it to you. And so if you don't know what to do after that, ignorance is no excuse. Does that make sense? He said, we're back in chapter four. He said, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now the word blindness right there means a covering with a callus. It's a covering with a callus. Therefore, it's actually talking about, and you could even say more accurately translated, the hardening of their heart. The hardening of their heart. In fact, it also carries a connotation of being stubborn. So it concludes means stubbornness. Whereas they just stubborn. Not you, not other people, but some folk, stubbornness will allow some people to walk, to, to, to not walk worthy of the vocation, wherever they call. They just refuse to line up to the truth that God gives them. Whereas they hear it, I, so what? I ain't doing it. 
or turn away. I don't even want to hear that. I don't even want to, I don't even want to deal with that. I don't think that, I don't think that it need to be that. That's why God gives you a pastor to be able to make sure that you gain his knowledge and make sure you know the right knowledge, something that won't allow you to be able to get something on the inside of you that gets in the way of what God says to you. Because sometimes his stubbornness is based upon bad teaching. Sometimes his stubbornness is based upon bad teaching. Teaching that tells you it really don't matter what you do. The devil is a liar. It does matter what you do. So that then as soon as somebody come and tell you that it matters what you do, it runs into that on the inside of you that says it don't matter what you do. And then you become uncomfortable with it. I I hear the ego talking about it matters again. It don't matter what I do. I refuse to hold on. I refuse to receive this truth. I'm going to reject that truth until eventually God said, well, okay, I'm going to reject you too then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it loud, young man. That's what he said in his word. Praise God. Now, our folk don't know him like that, but he, that's the way he is. Whereas they have a blindness on the inside of them. They refuse to see the truth. See, Satan knows that the word of God is a healing bomb that will soften and remove the calluses of your heart. So he wants to put strongholds up in there to be able to make sure that you never even uh, listen to it in the first place. So that you reject it. Because this is what God actually wants you to do. Let's read about it right here. It says... Having an understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. He's talking about you or who have made a decision that you're going to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have both heard him and have been taught by him. Now, notice there's two parts of that, heard him and be taught by him. Because a lot of times people could be sitting in an environment that they hear, but they don't get taught because they refuse to learn. They refuse to listen. Because, see, some folk listen for entertainment. They don't listen for trainment. Is anybody hearing me up in here? That's a word. At least it is now. Praise God. Trainment. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's the act of training continuously. Praise God. It's trainment. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so some some folk, they don't come here for trainment. They come for entertainment. They'll listen to something that excites them and they're like, ooh, amen. But something that tells them how to be the man or the woman that God wants them to be. Folk don't want to hear that, praise God. But see, you learning, I'm thanking God that you are taught, you're, the, you're taught, you're a well-taught group, praise God. And notice what you're taught by. Taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So the same truth that's in Jesus is the truth that you're taught because you can look in Jesus' life and see it carried out too. That's one of the ways that you can always tell it's true because is it carried out by Jesus too. Is it carried out by his disciples too? If it's not carried out by Jesus too, that ain't the right revelation that's given to you. Verse 22, here's why. That ye put off concerning the, the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt after the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put off concerning the former conversation. That's, your, that's the old man. Now when it says the old man, one, you know, modern translations, they even say the old nature or the old self. But they're talking about the ancient man. That's what the word old means, ancient. So that means, therefore, it's not just talking about old and age, but it's also worn out and out of date. It's worn out and out of date. See, now that you're a Christian, your old way of doing things is out of date now. You ought not be like carrying that. You ought not be doing that. That would be like seeing somebody walk up with one of them old 1975 car phones. Praise God. See, some of y'all, you have to Google this one, praise God. But there used to be these, these phones, praise God, that you used to get. Now y'all got the, you know, the small ones and all that kind of stuff. But see, we was there when they first brought those other ones out. They was about this long, that fat, 
Big old sucker. Had a big old antenna that you pull out and stuff like that. Y'all remember? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Remember what I'm talking about? And you was cold in the mud. You put this big sucker up to your head, prayer of God. You're like, yo, what's up? And see, they were like, because they didn't have a cord on it. And folk was like, dang, that is like alcohol. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine putting that on your hip? You had to put that down in the, in the car someplace, praise God. And you would use it in your car. Anybody remember those, praise God? That would be like now, your phone start ringing and we watch you pull out this big old sucker and stick it up next to your head. It's like, oh, no, no. See, you need, that's outdated. You need to put something on a little bit more common. Praise God, something that people use. Praise God. Eastside Detroit says, oh, tired stuff, you know, praise God, oh, tired stuff. I was telling the earlier service, praise God, I remember many, many moons ago when I was a young fella, praise God, younger, I'm still a young, a younger fella, praise God. I remember back in the day when men wore heels, praise God, they called them platforms, praise God, you know, had your, had your disco music playing in the background as you're walking, oh, yo, you know, and you was walking around with these big old platform shoes, praise God. Some of y'all too young to know what I'm talking about, praise God. Hey, man, so when you walk around in the normal day, you had, like, those these rubberized heels. They'd be real high, be rubberized heels, and you'd be walking around, like, do do do. Had your big old fro bouncing as you're walking, and, like, yeah, looking like undercover brother and stuff like that, like, oh, you know. Yeah. Walk around with this big old, uh, uh, look like emblem from the front of a car. Somebody snatched out, it was called a medallion. You had this big old chain, you had this medallion hanging off your press, God, and this big old thing sitting on you, looking like the emblem on the front of a car sitting in front of you, you like, <laughs> you was cold in the mug, grace God. And those ones you wore in the daytime. At night, oh, you stepped it up a level. We used to step it up a level. I remember I had glass heels. Praise God. I had glass heels. Praise God. Had a little fro with my glass heel. One, one, one of my had, praise God, I always wore multiple shoes. One of my had t- dice in the bottom because it, it represented what I was about. Praise God. <laughs> so I stop, I run up to some little cutie and I stop and I. Stick my foot down like that, and I look down and say, baby, this is your lucky day. Praise God. <laughs> wow! Because I had the, the dice. In the, oh, watch yourself. Watch yourself. I had the dice. <laughs> wow! That, that, that was what was happening. I said, I know another brother. I didn't have these. I know another brother. He had some goldfish in his. I'm still trying to figure out how them goldfish live. Praise God. Maybe one day I walk up, and they turned upside down, floating in his shoe and stuff. You know? <laughs> Yeah, actually had goldfish in his shoes. They was like swimming around in the water in the inside of the glass here. And now that was sweet back then. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. That, that, now that was sharped in a mug back then. But if I broke out them things right now, because you used to have some big old bell-bottom shoes, big old bell-bottom pants with it. And man, you said, and in fact, you had these super bell bottoms. They called elephant ears. And they had, and they had another a gusset in there that would open up and it'd be another color up in there. So the color inside of there would be the color that you'd be, you, you remember this, color that you, that you wear on your shirt or something like, are you a shark? You're like, as soon as they walk, it would open up. They're like, dang, look at that. That's like, dang. You done bought them from Elegant. That's where you wore something like that. So you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Now, see, that was then. If I stepped up in here now and I get ready to step up here and say, I, right, you know, walk up, you know, with these big old high heels and stuff. <laughs> and them, and them, and them, and them big old, them, them big old shoes that if I was to jump out of a plane, wouldn't need a parachute. Praise God, because my, my pants leg would open up and I, I like, like, come down. Y'all would like, look at me like, Pastor, come on, man. You ain't put them up yet. Come on, man. You ain't still wearing them, are you? I'd be like, what? You judging me. You judging me. <laughs> you judging me. 
It don't matter what I wear. It matters what you wear. Some of us live an old, tired, outdated lifestyle that you, that you live back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I'm going to get to yours, 90s. Praise God. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blissful with what the Word of God had to say. I hope that you've seen that God really does want all of us to be imitators of Him. I hope that you may be inspired to do what you need to do to take advantage of the awesome opportunity that God has given me and you so that we can walk like He wants us to walk and talk like He wants us to talk and enjoy the kind of life that can only happen when we're more like God. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center. 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to send it out your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Young Adult Fellowship this Friday evening. It's called GAA. That's short for Generation Anointed and a Fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults, ages 18 through 30-ish, who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again, and fired up for Christ. The fellowship starts at 7 p.m., and it lasts until they go home. AGW hanging. Childcare is provided at no charge, and VIP transportation service is available for this, too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride if you need a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so glad you did. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever thought that being young and saved is boring must not know G-Dub. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.